Thank you for tuning in. If you're a leader looking to develop an effective firm-wide training and development program, this episode is for you. Our guest today is Carol Martsoff, Vice President and Director of Training at Urban Engineers, and she's been leading the charge for Urban's training and development program for over a decade. I first got to know Carol after I spoke at the ASCE annual convention in Denver a couple of years ago and was immediately impressed by what she told me about the Urban Training Institute. In this episode, we talk about how the Institute got started, its evolution, and what it looks like today. We talk about certifications, the issuance of PDHs and CEUs, and the differences between training and development. And we also talk about the critical need to train for essential skills, not soft, as well as technical knowledge. As a side note, this was my first remotely recorded podcast from a client's office outside of Nashville, and now I have a much better handle on large conference room acoustics. That being said, Carol sounds great and shares truly valuable information and insights on the strategies, resources, and mechanics that go into designing an effective firm-wide training and development program. So without any further delay, let's do it. Welcome to AEC Leadership Today, the podcast designed exclusively for engineering, architecture, and construction industry leaders who want to stay relevant and effective. The show takes on the most pressing issues facing the AEC industry and was created to help you and your firm grow and prosper in the 21st century. The host of AEC Leadership Today is Pete Atherton, a professional engineer and former AEC principal and owner turned AEC coach and consultant. And now, take a break from your never-ending to-do list and welcome Peter Atherton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of AEC Leadership Today. Today, we'll be speaking with Carol Martsoff, Vice President and Director of Training at Urban Engineers, and we'll be talking about what so many leaders and firms want to create today, and that's an effective firm-wide training and development program. Welcome to the podcast, Carol. Thanks for having me, Pete. Well, great. Well, I'm thrilled that you're here to talk about this subject, um, but before we begin, can you um, share a little bit about you and your career to date in Urban Engineers? Yeah, sure. So I graduated from Temple University in 1992 with a bachelor's of science degree in civil engineering. And then I progressed from a design engineer up through project manager, working on infrastructure projects. And that was about for 17 years or so. And it was primarily uh, roadway related projects. And some of the things that I did was I designed vertical and horizontal alignments. I did drainage design. I did maintenance pr protection of traffic, uh, erosion sedimentation control. Um, I designed drainage basins, did stormwater management, uh, traffic detour plans, construction staging, things like that. And then about 12 years ago, I changed the direction of my career. And now I'm director of training for urban engineers. So our learning and development arm is called the Urban Training Institute. And so we create learning and development programs for the urban engineers employees, but we also create these opportunities for clients. So we've taught for the Philadelphia Streets Department, for the Department of Licenses and Inspections, for the airport, Amtrak, SEPTA, PennDOT, you name the client, and we've been pr pretty much working with them um, 
and then on a personal side, I have an amazing daughter named Catherine. She's uh, 24 and she's an environmental engineer. So that's a little bit about me uh, and about my company. Uh, my company is Urban Engineers and we're basically a multidisciplinary uh, consulting firm. And we provide design, environmental and construction support services like around the country. And we have approximately you know, 15 offices, most of them on the Northeast Coast. But we do have an office in Los Angeles. We have a couple of offices in Texas, but we're headquartered in Philadelphia. And we have about, about 450 employees. And um, we're an ESOP firm. And just in short, we, we enhance the built environment, if you want to think of it that way. And, um, and actually, we'll be celebrating our 60th anniversary next year. So we've been around for a little while. Right. And I've been to your Philadelphia offices, and they're really great. Great location um, and great vibe within the office. So, well, you talked 12 years ago, you made a pivot, um, eventually culminating in the director of training. Can you talk about, I mean, what happened 12 years ago for you to go from the technical side to venturing in on the training side? Well, um, at that time, uh, Urban Engineers had this program called the Leadership Circle. And within the, this Leadership Circle program, you could propose a project that you wanted to work on to enhance the company, but you would work directly with the president. And at the time, the president was uh, Edward M. Dialba. And um, so I applied to get into the Leadership Circle program. And I was accepted into it and I was really excited about it. And he proposed that I run the training for the company because urban engineers wanted to enhance the training and they didn't have anyone to do it. And of course, you know, I'm coming from a background in engineering and I didn't know anything about learning and development, but I felt like it would use all of my skills. Like I felt like I had more skills besides my engineering skills that I could apply to uh, the company. And I love seeing people grow and learn. I mean, that's just a, a personal thing. So I did a lot of self-study on it and um, I jumped right in. So that was my leadership circle project. So tied to this is a lesson that I, I tell many people, people that I mentor or, you know, if I'm doing a presentation, I typically mention this is that, don't wait until you're 100% certain about something to move forward. And that's how it was for me when this opportunity presented itself. I didn't know about learning and development. And if I had waited until I was 100% certain, it would not have happened. So, you know, don't miss a great opportunity. So anyway, um, about 10 years ago, that's when my company asked if I wanted to do it full time. So it was 12 years ago that it was my leadership circle project. And I did it for a couple of years. And then they just said, well, would you like to do it full time? Because it just was so successful and I'm fortunate that it was so successful. So then I progressed from training manager to my current position of vice president and director of training. So I've been doing this for about 12 years now. And for, for the first two years, I was kind of overlapping my engineering work with my training work. So I was doing both. So it was really good that my company presented that opportunity to me because really I was doing both and it was hard to do both at the same time. Well, it's interesting. I mean, it, you know, 12 years ago to have the foresight of the, the organization and the leadership team to say, you know, we want to 
jump into and do more, you know, formal training and development. I mean, that, that's a, that's something impressive there, but it's kind of interesting what you said is, you know, just, well, I'm not really sure, but the power of saying yes and just figuring it out. I mean, that, that's obviously, you know, something just inside of you, but there's a huge power to, I think all professionals to, you know, especially in the technical world, like we want to figure things out and then proceed. But I mean, that's, I guess that's a, that's a true mark for you to saying yes, um, and I'll figure this thing out. Yes, exactly, exactly. It was a great opportunity. Yeah, and then and I mean, it's like from a leadership team too. I mean, I work with a lot of leaders and have you know benefited myself from a leader seeing something in in you or us that we might not have fully seen yet, and sort of tapping us on the shoulder to say, "I think you could do this," um, and and the power in that too. Sort of commissioning people to to experiment with something new and, and move forward in a new initiative. Yeah. So today, I mean, there's the full, you know, Urban Training Institute, and there's a very impressive website that kind of gives the flavor of the, the type and the magnitude of the pro programs that are offered today, which I think, you know, it's like more than 100 courses to, you know, not only inside, you know, urban engineers, but, you know, 50 plus students from outside the organization. Um, but so that's impressive. But can you, let me, what was your first class like? I mean, what, what did, how did you select the topic, a trainer, and, and pull that off? Okay, well, um, well, back then it was a, a very exciting time. It's exciting now, but it was exciting for a different reason back then in that I didn't have that much experience in it, and I was doing something brand new. So anyway, um, like I said earlier, you just have to jump in and explore new opportunities, like, like you said, even if you have to learn along the way. So we did our first class in 2007, and it was critical path method CPM scheduling. And I did a quick needs analysis. I just talked to a few people and I said, what kind of training do you think you'd like to have? And what do you think you, you know, what a group of people would like? So, so then we decided critical path method uh, scheduling. So I selected the instructors and they were both experts in scheduling. And then I worked with them in you know, determining the learning outcomes and we developed the course. And so in total, it was a four hour course and we decided to split it up into um, two two hour sessions. And back then uh, we didn't even have a training room. Uh, so here I was in training and we didn't really have the right facility for training, but you know, it doesn't have to be 100% perfect to move forward. So I used what we had back then. So it was in a, it was in a typical uh, conference room. And so we announced the class corporate wide. So we still had, you know, more than just the Philadelphia office. And I, I also reached out to some people individually to invite them to the training. So I did a lot of outreach because it was brand new. So I did a lot of my own, like reaching out to people and saying, Hey, we have this class. Why don't you sign up? So like when we conducted the course live though, we, we did not have the software that we needed to broadcast it appropriately. And I laugh now. Um, so we had all the op other offices connected and we had them connected through a conference call. So I, I emailed the presentation to each of the other offices. And then each time the instructor like went to the next slide in Philadelphia, I had to say next slide. <laughs> so everyone could like advance the PowerPoint in their own offices. So I laugh at it now, but, um, but that was the start of 
a fabulous program here at Urban. And it did turn out to be a great class. Um, I think everyone learned a lot. And we've, we as a training department have learned a lot since then about how to engage all of our em employees, uh, even ones who are remote. So we've learned a lot since then. So how did you, so you, you did a little bit of needs analysis and said, okay, scheduling, that's a, that, that's a need, let's do that. But how did you go about, did you just have internal folks who were, well, she's really good at scheduling or he's really good at scheduling and then convince them to do the class? I mean, how, what was that discussion like? Well, I did ask around and I said, oh no, you know, who's really good at scheduling here? And by then I, I was at Urban for a few years and I, I also kind of knew, you know, who, who was good at scheduling. And yeah, I, I asked them, I, I said, this is a new program. And you know, I kind of promoted it to them as this is our first class and wouldn't you like to be a part of it? And, and they said, yes, which I'm very thankful for. And, um, and that, and that's how it came to be. So along the way too, I mean, you made a very, you and the organization made a very conscious and strategic decision um, to becoming accredited. Um, and so what accreditation do you have? You know, why, why did you do it and how does it help you in terms of program success? So like you mentioned, yes, we did decide early on to be accredited and it was a very early conscious and strategic decision. So our first accreditation was through the International Association for Continuing Education and Training or IACET, which is, you pronounce it IACET. Um, so we started the training in 2007 and we became accredited in 2008. Um, and so now like we've been accredited for more than 10 years now. Um, and we decided to become accredited because ISET is well known as the gold standard for continuing education and training. And, um, and ISET has uh, a well-established standard for developing and executing learning programs. And if you follow the standard, then your result is high quality programs. So we wanted to make sure that all of our programs were very high quality. And I have to admit that um, it was a lot of work to become accredited. Um, but in looking back, it was definitely well worth it. And we actually followed the ISET standard for an entire year before we applied for accreditation, just because we wanted to truly understand each and every element of the ISET standard before we applied. So back then, I mean, I remember we, we submitted our application and it was like a binder of information that was like two inches thick. It was, it was like, it, it took a lot of work to even just apply. Um, and actually now ISET has all of their applications much more streamlined. You, you do it online now and the application process is actually much simpler now. Um, and um, I may have said that we have made the application process easier because uh, I'm actually chair of the ISET Council on Standards Development now. And uh, it was a conscious decision on my part as chair of the council that we streamline the application and the reapplication process. So it's 
So that's not a hindrance to any other organization that would want to be an, uh, an accredited provider. So, and also we, we kind of knew, we meaning urban engineers, we kind of knew that engineers would eventually need professional development hours. So, um, so we wanted to make sure we were accredited so we could provide that to our engineers. Right, because each, each state has different levels of, you know, CEUs and PDHs, which I want to ask you about, like, what's the difference between those? But is it, you know, if, if we go through this um, ISET certification, not only are our programs high quality, but now we can help our own um, staff and whoever else comes to our training, we now have those qualified, you know, CEUs that they need for their licensure. Exactly. And some states are more stringent in their requirements for continuing education. So uh, depending on what state you're in, they may be more stringent, but uh, typically ISET is acknowledged as, um, you know, a very good accreditation for an organization to have to be able to issue uh, CEUs. All right. So what now gets to that question? All right. I, and I get confused and I don't know that I ever really knew, or maybe I did and I forgot, but what is the difference between a CEU and a PDH? Um, well, actually, that's a really good question because um, I got that question all the time <laughs> when I started this program here, um, and it can be confusing. So uh, a professional development hour, uh, which is called a PDH, so that typically means 50, 50 out, I'm sorry, 50 minutes, <laughs> not 50 hours, 50 minutes of contact time. So basically, if you have like one PDH, it basically is one hour of instruction. But a continuing education unit or CEU is actually 10 hours of learning or 10 professional development hours. So, so a one PDH is actually like a 10th of a CEU. So if you went to a course where it was like one CEU, that's actually 10 PDHs. So it, it is still a little bit confusing, but um, I get fewer questions now than I did, you know, 10 years ago. Right. <laughs> okay. So, and so over the 10 years, I mean, how, how has the program evolved or has it, you know, from those early days, you know, maybe with the, the initial schedule training to what you're doing today, I mean, have you seen the program evolve? And, and if so, how has it? Yeah, I mean, the, the program has like evolved a lot. In fact, if you would look at the program back then and look at it today, like you wouldn't even realize it was the same program. I mean, that's how much we've evolved. Um, I guess one of the greatest changes is that we teach anyone now. Like when I started, we just taught urban engineers employees, which is fabulous. Um, I really enjoy that. But now we teach anyone who wants to learn and anyone who needs PDHs. And um, so, like I said, we started with our own employees, but it's grown to teaching many clients, pretty much like anyone who'd like to take a class, you know, we can teach them. And another way we've evolved is our focus. So one of our primary reasons for establishing the Urban Training Institute was like, is what we just, just discussed, which was um, issuing PDHs. But we've actually grown quite a bit since then to just ensure that we have other benefits to our program. So we say, okay, you can take this class, you can earn two PDHs, but, you know, after the class, you're going to become like a better project manager or 
you're going to be able to communicate more effectively or, you know, you'll be like a more effective leader after taking our class. So, so one of our primary reasons to exist is we issue PDHs, but also we really want to help people change their behaviors and just, you know, learn a lot that can help them in their careers. So it's really transitioning from training to evolving into development also. Exactly. That's, you worded it perfectly. Exactly. And, um, and then also we're now focusing on some soft skill classes and I, I like to call them essential skills instead of soft skills. I'm with you there. <laughs> yes. So topics like communication, leadership, um, how to influence others without positional power. Uh, that's actually a class that I taught at the uh, National Convention for the American Society of Civil Engineers. So I taught a class on how to influence without positional power. So we have classes like that now. So um, as you were saying, it's, it's evolved into helping to develop people, not just give them knowledge, but truly develop them. Right. So how, how do you... How do you select your topics these days and, and how far out do you plan? So at first we do some kind of needs analysis to determine like what, what topics to offer. So internally here, we work closely with the executive committee and the senior leadership here just to know what topics they believe uh, their workforce needs. And sometimes we also get feedback from our HR department and um, sometimes our needs analysis can be like a survey that we send out or some kind of facilitated brainstorming session where, where we really get down to, okay, you know, what behaviors do you want changed in your organization? So whether it's urban engineers or another organization, we really, we really want to drill down into like what behaviors do you want to change um, what knowledge uh, do your staff need to have and basically like what ways do you want to improve so we typically plan out about six months at a time and for many of our clients we call that you know it's broken up into semesters so for for many clients we'll say okay well this is the fall semester and that will be from September to December and then spring, winter, spring will be January to June. So we typically uh, plan about six months ahead of time and include it and brand it as like a semester. All right. So what's, what's been recently within the last year or so? I mean, what has been some of your, more, I guess, one of your more popular training topics or, or something that surprised you in its popularity? Um, well, it hasn't surprised me, but uh, we've been doing a lot of project management training. So we've been doing project management training internally at Urban, but we've also been teaching project management training to our clients. So I guess that's not really surprising. Um, but it's nice to know that uh, Urban Engineers, as well as other organizations, realize how important the project manager is. And you know, we talked about development of staff and in our project management training, that's what we try to do. We try to develop really good project managers. And so a lot of that has to do with learning the people skills. And, and like we talked about that, those are essential skills. 
So I guess I would say, you know, the emphasis on project managers is, has been something that I've noticed for our clients, but also uh, for urban engineers. Right. And I recall, or I think I recall, you also had done some like just regular business training just on the, like the mechanics of the, how the business works. Yes, exactly. We did that uh, earlier in 2019 and that was for the whole company. So, you know, throughout this podcast, we've been talking about teaching engineers, but it's not just the engineers, but the engineering industry. So if you talk about the engineering industry, that could be accountants for an engineering firm. It could be administrative support for an engineering firm. It could be HR, it could be legal. And um, anyone that's involved in the engineering world, you know, business happens in a particular way. You have to market to win work, then you have to respond to a request for proposals from a client, and then maybe you have to get interviewed, and then you win, and then just understanding the cash flow too. Like it was really important for urban engineers leadership. And I was very proud of urban for recognizing this is that every single person, not just the engineers, every single person is on the urban team, no matter what you do at urban, we all have to understand how a company makes money. We all have to understand how urban makes a profit, how urban uh, continues to exist as a company, to thrive as a company. And that is a program that we did earlier this year. So we actually talked about how does urban engineers run as a business? And, and that's important. Yeah. And I see that across a lot of the firms I work with and the people I work with, there is this desire to know how does this firm become successful? How do we operate from a cash flow? And not only business, so I think, like you said, across the board, people want to understand but even on a personal finance basis, I mean, it's one of those things that it's just really, it's not taught and we assume everyone knows and maybe eventually people pick up on 75% of it, but they'd be able to have a class that says, this is how we operate. This is what makes us successful. I think it's a, it's a need within organizations today. And so, I mean, that's just great that you're already out ahead of it, like just educating people on, on those business fundamentals. So, um, if we can, can we drill down into the mechanics a little bit of the training that you do? I mean, do, do you offer it live? Is it remote? Is it on demand? I mean, what, what does a typical section, session look like today? Sure. So we offer uh, live instructor-led training primarily um, in person, but we also do it remotely. So if you have live like intermediate uh, and immediate interaction with the instructor, uh, it's it's live instructor led. So, but we also have on demand online training, um, and that's from classes that we record. And we actually have an amazing group here called uh, Urban Video Production. So we have our own in-house video production group that does a wonderful job of taking our live classes and creating an online video for us. So. We have internally what we call um, a learning portal, which is basically a learning management system. And we put links to our recordings in that system so people can log into our learning portal and then take the courses like whenever they choose. And um, as for the urban video productions, if you're interested, if you go onto the Urban Engineers website, you can see the fabulous work that they do. But uh, I've been really fortunate to have their, you know, have their assistance in creating good online uh, courses for us. 
I think I've seen some of their work on social media too, if, it's, yeah. if they're part of that sort of marketing uh, and branding function. But how, how do you record who attends? Is it, I mean, is it, is, do they sign up and then have to sign off and then they print out their sheet for their licensure? I mean, how, how do you track who goes to the classes and who follows the, the protocols um, to see them through? Oh, sure, so within our learning management system, like I said, we call it the learning portal. Um, so we have people register for classes through the learning portal, and then it records their attendance. We also have the evaluation form as well as the quiz in the learning portal. So we will know who has completed the evaluation forms, who has completed the quizzes, and if they physically attended. And then, and then we're able to actually issue the certificates in our learning portal too. And what's really fabulous is that we have that for our own employees, but also for our clients. And the learning portal is designed so if you're from client A, when you log into the portal, it looks different than client B or an urban engineer's employee. So no one sees all the other classes that the others are taking, but you can see all of the ones that are offered to you. And then you can print out your transcripts. So when that year, comes along where people need to have a history of their PDHs when they're renewing their licenses. All you have to do is go into the learning portal and there's a button called transcript. You hit transcript and it just gives you a list and you can export that into Excel and then you can basically have that as backup if you're, if you're audited. So, and then did, has the IT related functions of the Institute just evolved over the years, as you've said, you know, if we had a portal for this, I mean, did you develop that on your own just over time? Yeah, um, we actually got the learning portal a couple years ago and how that came to be was we were tracking everything in Excel and we were actually audited, you know, every so often we get audited by ISET and the auditors came in and said, what, you're still using Excel? It's like, <laughs> you know, you have all of these training records. Uh, it must be a daunting task to have all this in Excel. And, and I explained like, yes, it is. Like, it is very difficult. So it became an evolving need that we had. We just grew so much. We were doing so many trainings. We were training so many people that we really needed a learning management system at that point. Like it just wasn't efficient anymore. And it's a great service to our participants. And, you know, it's fabulous that each employee doesn't have to like maintain their own PDHs. And if they do take a class outside of the Urban Training Institute, all they have to do is, you know, give us their certificate and we can input it into the learning portal for them. So you know, they have everything in one place and same thing for our clients at the press of a button, they'll have everything they need. And then, you know, they, we don't have to email back and forth and say, what classes did I take over the past couple of years? And so it's a great service to our participants too. Right. And do you, do you see any differences or, or, or is it just similar, but maybe presented differently? I mean, between your urban engineering staff and clients or other folks that are using your training services, I mean, do you notice any marked changes between the, the courses offered or is it, are, are they just kind of similar? Mm, I would say, well, the, the courses are similar in particular, like our project management training. However, 
Um, we do customize our classes depending on our audience. So the training that we do internally for our own, our own people is obviously through the lens of urban engineers. But, you know, earlier we talked about uh, business training. Well, we're not going to be doing that same business training to a client who is a government agency because they don't run the same and they exist for different reasons and they rely on different things to, to continue and to be successful. So, um, so the topics themselves are very similar, but we enhance it and we make sure that each program actually addresses the needs of like who they are in particular. So, you know, when we have a project management training for a client, it will look a lot different. And what's interesting is that each group of participants and each group of students actually behave differently and they have different dynamics, which is really fun to see. So I get to see all of my clients, I get to see, you know, our own urban engineers employees and they just all have different dynamics and it's just neat to learn about each group as, you know, separate entities and um, address their needs differently. Right, and, and so the original class was a couple of folks in-house who are really good at scheduling. I mean, who teaches the classes today? Is it, is it all in-house talent? Yes, actually, um, currently it is all in-house talent primarily. Um, and, you know, we as the training department work with each of the subject matter experts to help them become comfortable teaching courses. So as you well know, just because you're an expert at something doesn't mean that you can teach it. <laughs> so we may have someone who's an expert in bridge design, but oh my gosh, they will not want to talk in front of people. <laughs> so so we, we try to make sure that they're comfortable and we give them a lot of support you know, some new instructors are, are not as good at managing their time just because they, you know, they're engineers, they, they don't usually like manage their time instructing and speaking. So we help them with that. And if, for example, we have an instructor who maybe is spending too much time on a particular topic within the class, then we'll just, you know, pass them a note or something to say, you know, speed up here. And we actually... We actually time, we time out each class. Like if we have a two hour class, we kind of map it out. So we say like at one hour, we'll be here. And at an hour and a half, we'll be here. And so when we map out the timing, it's just better for our instructors. Um, so we, we as a training department, just give them a lot of support. And with that added support, we can create a great learning experience. So, so to answer your question, yes, most of them are uh, subject matter experts within urban engineers. On occasion, if we see that a client of ours needs a class for which we do not have a subject matter expert, we may have a su subconsultant cover that. So we're still addressing the needs of our client and we're still maintaining the high quality of the training, even though we're not the instructor. So like I said, primarily, an urban engineer's employee will be the instructor, but on occasion, if there's a topic for which we don't have a subject matter expert, then we'll get a subconsultant and we'll still manage the quality of the learning experience. Right, and e even from using internal talent 
subject matter experts to teach the course. I mean, that, that it's in itself is training and development because it's the old adage, you know, the leader learns twice or the teacher learns twice. And that, you know, it, it is the, oh, I know this material, but to have actually put it together in an orderly function and the architecture that, and I know you, you've designed to, this is how we deliver the material that, you know, as far as like adult learning, this is how we need to sort of lay out the material. But even the instructor figuring that piece out, I mean, there is enhanced learning just on the instructor side in creating the content that other people can consume. Oh, absolutely. And in fact, uh, you know, even the leadership here at Urban encourages employees to be instructors for our Urban Training Institute because it, it makes you more well-rounded. It helps enhance your communication skills. Um, actually, it's a great service for our clients. Uh, I mean, there are lots of great reasons to be an instructor. And, and when you're acknowledged as an instructor, you're acknowledged as an expert. And that's also beneficial. Right. And we just, that was one of my questions, you know, how do you think, you know, now looking back on a decade of investing in this program and the Institute and seeing its evolution, I mean, what, you know, what are the, the benefits as far as positioning the firm for success today and moving forward? So, I mean, there are like a ton of benefits. Um, one of them internally is just the learning culture that we have here. So I think anytime an organization can have a strong learning culture, it can only help, you know, it will never hurt. Um, so we actually have a tagline for Urban Training Institute and it's engineered to learn, built to grow. And the essence of the Urban Training Institute basically is to help people grow and and that's like really rewarding and mm -hmm. i think too oh, i'm sorry go ahead no you go ahead okay. so in addition to that um certainly having the urban training institute helps with employee engagement so if employees feel that their concerns are being heard and that we truly truly care about their development then employees will feel engaged and they'll feel they'll feel happy so that's another role that benefit that Urban Training Institute has within the company. And we actually save a lot of time and money actually by having an Urban Training Institute for our own employees. Um, like it's so convenient that we can have employees throughout the organization connect online and get their PDHs or, you know, a department right down the hall could just come to the training room and get their PDHs. Then you don't have the travel time you don't have to take a lot of time out of your work day. And so we're actually saving a lot of money and, and time in issuing our PDHs internally. And probably building better relationships and camaraderie and knowledge of each other at the same time, instead of people running, you know, fanning in different directions to get their, their training hours. You're actually building the community together and having that shared experience in addition to getting your hours. Exactly, exactly. So. You know, if we have a class on, say, erosion and sedimentation control, I mean, that's a topic that most engineers will run into in their careers, especially if you're like a civil engineer. So, you know, when that time comes up where you're actually doing that on a project, not only do you have the knowledge about what's involved, you also have a resource. You know who to contact if you have a question. So building that internal community is like also a great benefit. So thanks for mentioning that. That's true. That's also a great benefit. Right. And in and, and a word of encouragement, because I mean, what you've talked about is very impressive. It is next level work. 
And you would almost think there's a 10 person department that is developing and leading the Urban Training Institute. I mean, you don't mind sharing, like how, how many people pull this off? So, okay. So there's like me as director of training, and then we have a training and development specialist who is amazing. And um, so basically we're a two person department. Um, then we do have some administrative help from a couple of other people. And, um, but what's interesting about what we do for urban engineers is that we really do have a collaborative atmosphere with other departments who make what we do possible. For example, the IT department helps to make sure that GoToWebinar is working. And then we have, like I said, urban video productions who can like record our training and then just create a fabulous video so people can like watch it afterward. Um, you know, and when we have trainings at our clients, I mean, it involves getting all of our course materials over there. Uh, we provide food, like especially if it's over lunch, we provide food. I mean, we think it's important to have an overall good experience. So we want to make sure people have something good to eat and, you know, they have a break in the middle. And um, so, so we have people who help us you know, take our materials over, like when we are doing training for a client. Um, so we, we have so many people that we collaborate with who like work so closely with us, but in the end, we are a two person department and um, yeah, it's, um, we're doing a lot with just two people and uh, we are being a great success in what we're doing. Um, but I do foresee some growth because you know, we don't always want to keep maintaining a certain level we want to grow. And especially with all the new trainings that we're doing and new clients that we're getting, um, I would like to see some growth soon. But yes, it's it's two people right now. Right. And, it, and, it's, that what, and that, that's very impressive, even more so knowing that. I mean, how just for your class, your normal classes, are they Typically an hour, two hours, four hours. I mean, is there sort of a, a, a typical, most of our classes fit within this time frame, and they're done this portion of the day? Yes. Um, well, as with any engineering firm, uh, we're always concerned about billable time. So if there's an engineering firm out there who wants to create a program like this, obviously you want to minimize any time that's not billable. So uh, we typically do our classes over lunch. So um, it's kind of like a, a give and take. So if the employee is willing to donate his or her lunchtime, then you can charge the other hour um, to the, the training. And uh, so typically it's about one or two hours over lunchtime. And actually that, that seems pretty consistent even with our clients because they also don't wanna have a drop in production uh, but we, you know, we want to make sure that we're enhancing their experience, they're learning something. Um, so it's kind of like trying to do both, trying to keep production going, but also provide some time and space for their own development. So typically they're one to two hours long. Um, and if we have a session that maybe requires four hours, then we'll just do two two-hour sessions. Um, or Sometimes we will split up a two hour session into two one hours. And um, yeah, it kind of depends on 
uh, what the program is and how many hours you need to actually help to either um, transfer the knowledge or help with the behavior change. Okay, and um, great. Well, thank you for that. Now, as we close, is there anything else that you would like to add to help leaders who might be considering moving forward or, or anything else that you'd like to highlight about Urban's training program? Um, well, first, um, I basically want to say that uh, we're here to help any firm that wants to take their learning and development to the next level. Um, you know, we can help with developing a needs assessment tool or, you know, coming in and doing interviews with your leadership or actually facilitating a brainstorming session to help develop curriculum. So, you know, uh, we're here, like we can actually provide that service. And, um, you know, if, you're, if your firm is interested in taking your leadership to the next level, uh, we just have a lot of experience in developing those kinds of programs. So we can be a resource. And actually, you know, if anyone is listening right now and, you know, they're in an engineering firm and they're interested in developing a program like this, I don't even mind chatting with them just to, you know, kind of be a sounding board for whatever ideas they have. Um, and most importantly, I would like all of your listeners to know that you should not be afraid to invest in learning and development. Um, you know, there's no better investment than in your employees. I mean, what better investment is there? Right. And it's the, one of the number one, you know, survey after survey, one of the number one items employees want is learning and development. And, you know, being able to provide that is a key aspect to be able to attract, develop, and retain our talent, which is the number one issue, you know, time after time or year after year, at least recently, um, that firms, you know, the challenge that they face. Yes, I, I completely agree. And um, I actually appreciate that urban engineers had the foresight to invest in learning and development you know, like we said 10 or 12 years ago, to invest in us creating our own program and just creating the best program possible for its employees. And then it's great that we can provide the same service to anyone really. Right, how, how can listeners get in touch with you to learn more about the training and, and what's happening at Urban? So um, if you go to the Urban Training, I'm sorry, the uh, Urban Engineers website, if you go under uh, what we do, Urban Training Institute is, is listed under there. And um, so you can find us there or you can feel free to email me at any time at a ccmartsolf at urbanengineers.com. Feel free to email me anytime and hopefully I'll, I'll talk to one of you. Great. And we'll put that information also in the show notes. Right. And so thanks again. I just want to say thanks again for having me, Pete. And, um, it's always a lot of fun to talk to you and I personally enjoy your podcasts and, and I'm honored to be a part of it. Well, great. We are honored to have you and thank you so much for sharing your insights um, and how you've been successful leading the Urban Training Institute. Thank you. All right. Have a great rest of your day and take care. Thank you. You too. Well, that's a wrap. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to and rate this podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to the show from. There are links on my website and in the show notes to do so. And please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. It really helps to get us established and I truly appreciate that. It also helps get the word out. 
so that together we can collectively grow and positively impact the lives of others, both inside and beyond our organizations. So thank you. for joining us on today's episode of AEC Leadership Today. If you want to stay relevant and effective and take your growth and prosperity to new levels, it's time to take action. To learn more about how Pete can help take you and your firm to the next level, visit www.actionsprove.com. That's www.actionsprove.com. See you next time on the AEC Leadership Today podcast.